Hey guys, Dr. Fitchin here. Um, welcome to the Rugged Athlete Podcast. Today I have with me Dr. Steve Baker. Thank you for being here. He is actually all the way from Idaho. Um, he and his beautiful wife, who's also a chiropractor, and they're um, amazing two kids, right? Uh, we, we were talking about, well, number one, he's here to hunt, right? Uh, I'd say it's 50-50. I want to do podcasts. I'd like to shoot a deer. But yeah. Dual purpose. Um, I super appreciate you in the middle, like literally in the middle of your hunt. We're like, okay, how much time do we have before you got to get out again? Um, doing the podcast with me. But okay, so let's let's just talk about hunting for just a second. Okay? Because in our conversations earlier, and this is why I appreciate hunting so much, um, is because I number number one, it's sustainable. Okay, before farming, before agriculture, there was hunting, right? right. Um, number two, I'm thankful every season that we fill our freezers because that is literally like people don't understand um, when we say clean eating, it's like literally from the wild. That is our number one source of meat for the entire year. Um, and I also can respect, I, I think there's a respect that just comes with where your food source comes from, right? Uh, a lot of people have no clue where their, where their meat comes from, what happens to that meat, where, where was that meat before it became, you know, a steak on the plate. Um, I think we're, because of convenience, we're like so detached from what the food source is. So I, I really think that hunting just, you know, you just have like a, a huge appreciation for your source and being able to provide for your family, right? Yeah, it's it's not just convenience, but I agree with that. Most people would not, most people out there do not want to put in the amount of work it takes to actually raise a cow, raise chickens, raise sheep, raise pigs, whatever you want to eat. There's a ton of work, time, money, everything else that goes into that. Um, but then also our culture has been, I guess, programmed to think that that hunting is some sort of like evil, bad thing as well, right? Where, listen, I'm gonna go out there today with a bow and arrow. And I don't know if you know this, but like I have to fling an arrow at something. It's not exactly super easy. And that something has to come in at the right spot, right? It might might be behind a tree, might come in a different spot and the, the blind I can't get a shot at. I make a noise, I lean, the, the chair creaks, it hears me, it's gone. It's gone. Like, I'm sorry, but but raising a cow and I, I have cows, I, I, I've raised chickens. I, I understand that there's, there's, that's important, but, but that cow is being raised for one purpose. I got him in a pen the entire time. He or she is going to get killed for food. And that process, when you load a cow onto a trailer, take them to a slaughterhouse, like talk about a stressful situation. When I put an arrow through the heart or lungs of, of an animal or I shoot with a bullet, like not to be graphic or anything, but I shot a cow elk in the back of the head this year and she had no idea I was even there and she was dead less than a second later, mm -hmm. right? So to me, that's a whole lot less, it's more humane. It's a whole lot less stress on an animal. But I think hunting's gotten a bad rap sometimes because they think that we're just out there like killing stuff for fun and leaving <laughs> it away. Yeah. Like, no, I, I don't, I personally don't kill anything I'm not gonna eat. And that's something that I've taught my kids as well. Like, Dad, can I shoot this bird? You gonna eat it? I don't think so. Well, how would you shoot it? Yeah. My, my son caught his first crawdad. We went out. Yeah, we catch crawdads in the river. Um, like, if you don't know what a crawdad is, it's like a miniature lobster, micro miniature lobster. Um, and I go, 
He goes, I want to keep it. And I go, dude, you know if you keep that, you got to eat it. Yeah. Okay, I'll eat it. So we went home. We, we cooked up one crawdad just so we could try it, right? <laughs> and he did it. I'm proud of him. But I was like, I go, you want to go back out and catch some more? He goes, I'll catch them, but I don't really want to keep them anymore. <laughs> Sounds good. I guess we fixed that, didn't we? It's a lot of work. <laughs> one little bitty little morsel there. Oh, dude, was, he's only seven, and it was barely a bite for him. <laughs> uh, yeah, going back to, like, stressful, I think that's also something that people don't realize is, like, what, what is the environment that your steak came from? right? You're out in the wild. I mean, that, that animal is like literally living out its potential. It's living out what it was created to do. It's, it's, it's foraging, it's propagating, you know, it's, it's also providing food for predators. You know, it is keeping populations in, in a, in a system that God created, you know, it's, it's living out its life as it intended. If we look at the way that, you know, whether Whatever it is, I'm using cows because you started with, you know, cows um, and we eat a lot of meat, right? If you look at the way that a cow is raised today, your, your standard um, cattle operation, right? They're in, in one lot, basically, filled with grains, filled with antibiotics, filled with hormones, filled with pesticides, standing there basically their whole life. Until they're loaded up to the feedlot, you know, where they're even fattened up more. It's a very stressful, very non, I don't, I don't know what to say. It's not like how life should be for a cow, right? No, it's not as intended. Yeah, not as intended. And then what are you getting from that cow? Not as intended. Not as intended. You're not, I mean, you're getting protein, Yes. People fall into the trap of, of it tastes good. Just like we talk about based my health on how I feel. Most people base their food on how it tastes and that's it. Mm-hmm. So it can have artificial sweeteners. It can have artificial colors. It can have hormones and antibiotics. And they can be eating a big ribeye steak and they think that because it tastes really good because of the fat and marbling. And like, look at the marbling on the meat. Yeah, but the marbling on the meat was caused by them eating grain which was sprayed with all kinds of stuff, like you said, and it takes a, a lot of grain to make one pound of flesh. It's called bioaccumulation. The farther up the food chain you get, the more toxic and, and polluted the food source is. And so ultimately you're eating meat that's got a lot of what's called omega-6s in it. And there's a couple good omega-6s, GLA, CLA, but for the most part, omega-6s are pro-inflammatory, meaning they cause inflammation in your body. Inflammation is the root cause of any pain and pretty much every disease and every single heart-related issue you've ever had. Then you go to the medical, medical doctor, they say take cholesterol drugs, which reduces your ability to make hormones. And in the reality, it's not the cholesterol that's the problem, it's the inflammation causing the problem that the cholesterol is fixing. I can go on for days about it, but ultimately that's because you ate a piece of meat that tasted really good, not knowing how it was made and it's not healthy and it wasn't made the way God created it to make in the first place. Which is probably overwhelming to some people because it's like, well, dang, I'm just trying to like, you know, eat a piece of meat here and eat the right things. But it goes so much, for, unfortunately, because the way of our system is set up, uh, it goes so much further beyond just your macros, eating your proteins, your carbs and your fats, you know, like there's so much more that you really have to pay attention to if we're really trying to say, okay, we want to live life as intended and we want to um, we want to be as chemical free as possible. And it's, it's not super, it's not super difficult. Like, so when I talk about, and my podcast is called living as intended, because if you, you should be able to run it through that filter, right? So I hold up a Snickers bar and an apple. 
you know which one you're supposed to eat. You know which one you're intended to eat. Right. I say, listen, there's one cow that's walking around a huge field of grass. There's sun. When that cow has a baby, the baby's raised, like breastfeeding with it. And there's another one over here that's knee deep in its own crap and bumping up against neighbors and has to get all kinds of, like everything you talked about already. When that cow has a baby, it's taken away immediately a lot of times. Dairy, not beef, farming. But but you, I go, which one do you think is the one that God created it to be? Uh, this one. Right. But but they're both they're both FDA approved, right? Yeah. And you know, we talked about FDA approval last time. All that everything that they're given is FDA approved. The FDA approves aspartame. Aspartame has been causing brain cancer since nineteen eighty three when it came out. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of things that are FDA approved that um cause cancer <laughs> or USDA approved. Let's talk about USDA approval. So recently, this is something I wanted to bring up recently. Uh, the USDA approved a new vaccine for bees for honeybees. And so get this, there's a company out of Georgia and they just did a, a, a fundraising campaign. They raised the amount of money they needed and now they're going to start vaccinating honeybees. And the way it works is they, they put, whatever the vaccine is made of, they put it into the food that the queen bee is going to eat. When she eats that, then it gets deposited into her ovaries. And then when she has the next set of offspring, from here on out, those bees have been genetically changed to be less susceptible to a certain bacteria. And so the, the storyline and the narrative is that, that our bees are dying because of, of American uh, fowl brood, which is a layman's name for a certain bacterium that, that's, that, they're, uh, that they're getting. And what happens is when they get this bacterial infection, their larvae just turns into this brown goop and there's no more babies. And so, of course, if there's no bees, there's no food because there's only three pollinators, really, birds, bees, and bats. And so there's no bees. We're relying on the birds and the bats, and they may still have health-related issues because of the toxic world, too. Mm -hmm. So man's infinite wisdom comes along and says, oh, well, I got an idea. Since it's a bacterial infection, we should vaccinate them for that. We're good. What could go wrong? Right. Sounds amazing. Well, I don't know if you noticed this, but most of the people you've noticed getting vaccinated over the last couple of years, and if you actually look deeper into it, a lot of people that get vaccinated, there's a lot of people that have side effects. A lot of people that have problems. So I don't know whether- no, that's coincidence. Yeah, that's coincidence. So I don't know whether this is gonna be, because their goal and their, their storyline is we're gonna save the bees. My question is when man steps in and it's not as intended and he messes up what God already had going on, What's the aftermath going to be? Are we going to create a situation where there's actually a bunch of like chronically sick bees and it's worse down the road because we're trying to fix the short-term solution? Literally like kills off the whole population. Hmm. And then the other question has to become, why did the bee population go down in the first place? That's, that's exactly what my thought goes to is like, okay, now all of a sudden there's this bacteria. Like God just said, you know what? I just, I forgot how to make bees appropriately. I think that that bacteria, that same bacterium, has been around forever, probably. But bees have been dealing with it a long time. But I started looking into this, and, and I start. I like to go when I go, wait a second. I like to look at timelines, and I look. The, there's no coincidence in my mind. There's always a cause and effect. And so, 1974, glyphosate was released, and it took a little while to get it up and going, right? But by 1996, it like hit a, at that time an all-time peak of usage because in 1996 was when they came out with Roundup Ready GMO seeds. And so for those of you listening that don't know a lot about GMOs, let me give you just a general overview. 
when they used to spray pesticides on plants to kill the bugs, because option A is just let the bugs do their thing and you may lose crop, you may not, but people didn't want to lose crops because the bugs ate them. So then they would spray the bugs. Well, a lot of times that would actually ruin the plant because the plant would die because you're spraying poison on it too. Mm -hmm. So then they go, well, wait a second. What if we made it so that the plant was genetically modified so that the plant was able to actually withstand the poison that's being sprayed on it and still grow even stronger, bigger, taller. We can make it like a six foot two piece of corn instead of a five foot 10 corn. We can make the ears bigger. So then comes the GMO, uh, this, whatever you want to call it, this new wave of agriculture in 1996 was the Roundup Ready GMO seeds. Mm -hmm. So that's when they started going, oh crap, we can spray glyphosate on everything now. And so when you look at it, the, the amount of glyphosate went like this from 96 all the way to 2014 and it's kind of plateaued and consistently gotten worse. Well, guess what dropped in 96? In 96 was when the bee population went and it started going down and it stayed at all time low while the glyphosate has stayed at an all time high and no one's looking at the cause, right? So real quick, glyphosate, what it does is it kills and explodes the small bacteria inside the bug's stomach. And so literally the bug dies because its digestive system dies. And the same thing happens to you if you eat corn chips, packaged food that has glyphosate on it, aka anything GMO, it, it kills the good bacteria in your stomach. And so I truly think there's two things. This is my hypothesis. I don't think it's necessarily a lot of the gluten people are eating. I think it's because they're eating glyphosate and it's ruining the, the lining of their gut. So they're more susceptible to everything that goes in their body. But what if these bees that are consuming glyphosate, it's ruining their digestive system, their microbiome, which is how they fight off viruses and bacteria that are unwanted. Mm -hmm. And now a bacteria that's been here forever is killing off the bees because they're unable to fight it naturally. Because we, as humans, have come in and we've, exploded their immune system. We've altered their natural habitat, 100%. And what about even, you know, I, okay, in America, is um, it's, it's banned in other countries, glyphosate, actually. In America, the most amount of glyphosate is sprayed. Like of any other country, we have the most in America. Yeah, and there's still, there's a lot in South America. There's a lot in mm -hmm. other countries that have a bunch of agriculture because what happens is um, American agricultural companies, they can't export from America into certain countries. For example, we can't export into Australia. So what we do is they, we, they, <laughs> let's just make sure there's a clear separation. They, <laughs> they start up a, a new company in New Zealand and they do a bunch of stuff there because then they could ship it over to Australia from New Zealand. Yeah. So that's why you end up with all these, um, I don't know the name of the seed companies, but all these GMO seed companies all over the world because they, it has to do with all their international shipping right. and trading. Yeah. Who can export and import where, what, who, when. Uh, here's, here's the other issue at hand with the, the glyphosate. Um, what they're finding is now they're finding it in our like majority of people's urine. It's in our tissues, in our urine, you know, like we're riddled with it. The problem with the glyphosate too is that it disrupts, like it, it depletes your body of minerals. It just depletes the soil of minerals. So we're finding more and more uh, these days, like in the last five, 10 years where we've got, you know, the same crop yield, 
But yet, if you're you're analyzing the nutrient levels in the the crop, it's not what it used to be because all of our soils have now been depleted just because of the mechanism of the glyphosate it, it's destroying the the microbiome of the soil itself. Which brings us to two things. Number one is you should be trying to consume your own food. You should be trying to create your own garden. You should be trying to do something to be able to. And at the very beginning of the show, we talked about how it's cool to be able to provide for your family and to be able, it's also cool to be able to grow a plant and go, hey guys, you know that salad you're eating? Daddy grew that. Like, like whatever, <laughs> whatever that looks like. But, but um, it's not just daddy shot that. Dad. Uh, but grow your own food. Like we, we talk about all these problems, right? We always want to give solutions. It's not crazy hard to grow a garden. And I, I follow this guy, uh, his name is the Ice Age Farmer. And somebody posted on there and he was encouraging people to, to be able to grow food in urban areas. Mm-hmm. And this dude planted beets because it's a, you know, it grows under the ground and the sprout doesn't really look like anything. He planted beets along a, like an area of water in a public park area. Nobody knew any better. Guy went back and picked like 200 pounds of beets went home and juiced them and then I don't know what he did with it from there. So if you get creative, you can think of different ways to to Mm. create food. Um, But then the second part of what I wanted to bring up is supplements because you guys are are working on clean supplements. I believe there's minerals, electrolytes, things like that. Mm. Um, I want to start manufacturing supplements as well, but you can go out and you can find good clean supplements. And most of the time, if you get, for example, my favorite supplement is probably powdered greens because I don't eat a ton of salads. I don't have the time or the desire to just pile up vegetables and everything. But if I can get a ton of nutrients from a couple of powder, a couple of scoops of powder shaken up and, and I know that I can know the source of that, I've been able to get just as much vitamins and nutrients because I'm not as worried about the soil because I know where it's coming from. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. It's all condensed together. It's freeze-dried. It's got a high long, a really long shelf life. And it's almost like cheating on nutrition for me to use greens. So what I'm getting at is you should eat real food, but if you can't find a good quality food because of what you're talking about, there's still other options. Yeah. And what I found too is like, even if, you know, at first and foremost, it's always like, go, go through your nutrition first, but because of the way that, that the soil is these days, um, we're highly deficient in copper. We're highly deficient in iodine. Um, there's so many nutrients that we're lacking that you almost cannot, you cannot get everything that you need from your food sources these days. And so it's out of necessity that we're saying, hey, find a, you know, these reputable sources, find these clean sources of supplementation because it's the, the, the food just isn't what it once was, which is sad. It's really sad to say. And so the, the more that we can, you know, we were talking earlier this weekend, like, you know, getting rid of your lawn and making a garden I mean, I would much rather, it, it, it really is silly if you think about it. Like you're literally, you're just mowing every single week just to mow again the next week. There's no, there's it's pretty nothing productive about it, you know, except, oh, that looks nice. But what if you were gardening, you were out pulling weeds each week, which would probably take the same amount of time. But you then you spray it roundup. <laughs> <laughs> like we, 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 we can make it way easier. You can just do some GMO yeah. carrots and spray that shit with Roundup. It'd be way easier. But then, you know, you would have something to show for Pulling it. Pulling weeds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know what? So people, like, there's an argument with the GMO stuff. Like, okay, but yeah, because of GMO, we're able to feed the whole world now. Right, right. 
But what are the because the world was starving to death before, and and I'm sure that this is all getting shipped down to some small village in Africa to feed the kids that don't have any food, right? Um, yeah, or not. Um, the world never had a most of the world didn't have a starvation problem before, and if you want to talk about starvation in Africa, why don't we go back to talking about cause? Bill Gates puts more money into vaccinating Africa in order to change their offspring and prevent their ability to have children than he does buying just good old fashioned Lunchables and shipping them down there. Like if you really want to fix mm-hmm. a problem, why don't you just start sending food or back to fixing cause? Why don't we actually go down and help their soil and help them put in some agriculture and help them farm it? But it's not about helping people, it's about making money. And GMOs is more about how can we get more crop for less money and less space because we're going to, instead of putting this big track house and all these like homes over here where we don't have farmland, this is not as pretty. So we're gonna tear up the farmland. I'm from Idaho and that's what's happening right now. We're gonna tear up all the farmland and put houses in there and then not replace it. So yes, we do have to have the field that's three miles away produce four times as much food because our dumbasses took the land that was making the food in the first place and we moved people in. Because it was a man-created problem. Why? Because it created more money. The farmer, and I get it, listen, you're a third generation rancher, you're sick and tired of doing it. I I get it, so someone walks up and goes, hey, how about I take it off your hands for seven million? You're like, God, I've never seen that kind of money. Yeah. And then all of a sudden that ranch and farm is a bunch of houses. Why? Because that made a lot more money for the farmer than farming. You get the guy, that dude's on the beach in Maui now. This guy just developed it. He 10 X'd his money and now we have, but no one ever fixed the. Right. So now what have we just created more problem because now we have less food being produced. So now we're looking more towards those crops that are. GMA. Amplifying. Yes. Their productivity. And without them, we can't make it. And guess who's buying more land? Bill Gates. No. 270,000 acres in the United States alone, largest farm owner. A lot of it was not actually farmed um, because he wants us to eat cricket sandwiches, but we'll talk about that some other time. Yeah, that's, um, yeah. You know, the the new um, health recommendations that came out where it was like, okay, all your processed foods, your cereal. Cereal is better than steak. Did you know that? So well, that's I excited. Cereal, cereal doesn't fart. Yeah. And cereal doesn't ruin the atmosphere. I, let's go eat some Lucky Charms for supper Cereal tonight. doesn't put off carbon. Climate change, number one. Wait, you told me we can't go down to any oh. hole, so let's just okay, let's let's wrap it up and we'll call keep it, it up day. here, up here. All right, um, yeah. So biggest thing, get out, get in the woods, get sustainable, um, look at your food sources, right? Um, have fun because. Life's too short. So see you on the next episode, guys. Make sure um, I got Dr. Steve for just a little bit more time. We're going to shoot one more episode. Make sure you follow us for that. Um, Check out his podcast, Living As Intended, um, and all the good things that he has in the works. I'm excited for you. Thanks for having me.